Hi. Hello. How's it going? Hi, Shay. Shay, this is Alexa. Hi. So nice to meet you. You too. Okay. Edit, rename. Okay. I'm renaming myself. Okay. I really hope this records like this. I know. I know, dude. I literally thought I did that last time, but. Oh, and that's what. And showing that on. It's so warm here in Seattle. So I was like, I'm coming outside. I know it is so warm. Wait, really? It's yeah, like it's like hot. Yeah. Damn. It's been pouring down rain for a week straight here. Really? Yes. Where are you, Shay? In Denver. Okay. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Wait, so background. How do you two Tony, you told me this, but how do you two know each other? We played together at Oregon State. Okay, nice. Also from Eugene. Yeah. Okay, very fun. Awesome. And then what do you do now in Denver? Um, I'm like a sports performance coach for the Rapids professional team. Oh my gosh. How's yeah. that? That's amazing. Uh, I don't like it very much. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's just a lot of, I don't know. Well, I'm like the only female out of like. Oh, um, I mean. Yeah. And so it's. There, it's been a lot to be honest, but yeah. And what's like specific? I mean, obviously, like sports performance, but you are, are you specifically sort of like strength and conditioning or like what? Yeah. I guess I'm just curious to hear more about it. Yeah. So it's, it's technically like strength, and di- well, strength and conditioning, but we have more of like an emphasis on like movement, I guess. Cool. So I'm not- or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Okay. That's that's sweet though. I mean, even though it's like, I mean, I'm sorry that it's like there's downfalls to it, but to say like, oh yeah, I'm the only female, like that's badass. Yeah, that that is true, actually. Yeah. Okay. But I feel like we could highlight that. I mean, we don't have to go into your job, Tony, but you could be like, badass female, the only um I won't female. Okay. <laughs> What's your exact job title, Shay? So I can say it right. Um, sports performance coach. The Colorado Rapids. Yeah. Okay, so how this is gonna work is basically I'm just gonna do like an introduction, be like, yes, uh, or we're both, is this our fourth podcast episode or fifth? Fourth. So I'm gonna say welcome to the female edge, female. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, the fourth podcast um, episode today, we have a, a very special guest, Shay O'Connor, and I'm going to say how I know you. So I'm going to say, um, well, first I'll say I'll know you from Eugene, and then I'll just say we played together at Oregon State, um, and then from there, um, I guess we can be like, yeah, like, we always kind of start with, like, asking, like, you know, how you grew up, or, like, mm-hmm. just, like, background. Yeah, some okay. background how you started soccer mm-hmm. and you can get in like your decision like why you went to Oregon State um and then if you want to talk about your transfer I think that would be good okay um and like why you transferred mm-hmm. if you want. um I think it would be good though because like obviously I have things to say about them as well but yeah um, and that and then um going to your time uh New Mexico is it New mm-hmm. Mexico State yeah, New Mexico State. 
Okay. Uh, I always get that in the, is there a University of New Mexico? Yeah. That's why. Um, it's like Oregon State and Oregon. Now people would get that confused. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we'll go into kind of that. And if you want to talk about, if you want to, that situation, we can get into that. Um, and then going from there, kind of being like, you're, yeah, just talk about your time in New Mexico and like struggles and challenges that you have faced, but also you talk okay. about the good parts of it. Yeah. Uh, and then we can talk about Ireland. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Mm-hmm. if you want you don't have to like nothing no, you don't have to anything but like again like the cool thing about this podcast is like people are like vulnerable on it but don't be so much to where it makes you like so uncomfortable yeah you know? like, totally it's, like, it's not like a trauma dump you know like I mean <laughs> you, like, you know um and so- sort of the idea too with it is like obviously I mean we know and hope like more people watch it than like our clients and that kind of audience. But it's sort of the idea of like, okay, people like you coming on and sharing your journey through like sport and then, you know, what you learned out from that and like in and out of it. So they, you know, these like high school girls embarking on their recruiting journey, like hear these different experiences and stories and can learn from it and sort of be like, wow, you know, she went here and then transferred and then went there and hearing just like unique stories. That's really like, the main point and then from there it's like just like, like Tony said as much as you really want to share and just super free-flowing too like just okay so yeah okay sounds good all righty let me practice the intro really quick hello this is female I'm also already recording so we can just like start whenever yeah <clears throat> okay uh, I'm just gonna go now ready mm-hmm. Hello and welcome to the Female Edge podcast. This is episode number four. Um, we have a very special guest today. Her name is Shay O'Connor. Um, I know her from her time at Oregon State where we played together as well as growing up in Eugene. So welcome Shay to the podcast. Um, Shay, if you kind of want to go into your background and how you started playing, that would be awesome. Yeah. Hey guys, thanks for having me. <laughs> um, yeah, so. I grew up in Eugene, like Tony said, and played for Eugene Metro growing up. And uh, oh, <laughs> um, yeah, um, went to Crestwell High School, had a good four seasons there, and then kind of. I don't wait. What am I? It's okay. Um, so basically, um, just like any, like your background. So like talk about like high school, um, and honestly, just anything you want, dude. Um, so we can talk about like, honestly, at Crestle too, you can say like it was a very small, um, like school. Like I had like 150 goals, which you did. Um, and so, um, you can talk about that and we can edit anything out. So like, there's no like pressure or anything. Okay, cool. Um, so I would talk about that, like, you know, you can talk about like how you kind of got into soccer, what made your, like how your decision, uh, came about like going to Oregon state, why you went to Oregon state and then go into like your time at Oregon state. Um, and like, like you could say like, you know, whatever, like, you know, I got playing time and it was like really great, but like I wanted like something like different, something new. Also a new coach came in and like 
tell you and talk about that and I can obviously like help you with that and okay. so we do this podcast it's not just you talking so don't worry about that because we'll be okay. asking questions too totally right it's not just going to be like you talk. we'll be and also questions. if it's easier like you could just start with like an intro about yourself exactly like you were doing like you know grew up here went to the high school like you can say like you know grew up in a family of whatever and then you can kind of give a high level overview and then Tony and I can start asking more like well okay that like tell us about your time at Oregon State and stuff like that's like lead you so you're not like okay yeah. like where, where do I keep going no. you know yeah. it kind of feels, okay. feels awkward it's like when you're talking about crush well, I was gonna be like yeah I know that's a really small school <laughs> like how's that experience for you and like also playing for Eugene it was yeah. not you know like how the yeah. You get recruited from there. So that's also a topic of conversation. Tony, where's oh. your mic at, dude? Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I just noticed I was like, wait, I'm the only one. All right, this is the aesthetic. Hold on. Because it's not plugged in right now. Yeah, okay, for the aesthetic. That's fine. I just feel like, you know, it's part of the theme. I know, no, it's not true. Okay. Um, so basically, we can keep probably keep my intro and then just cut from there. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so, so basically right now, just go into like, yeah, I grew up, you know, in Eugene. I went to Crestwell High School. Talk about your experience there. And like, we'll just ask you questions as well. Okay. Ready? Go ahead. All right. Yeah. So I grew up in Eugene and I went to Crestwell High School mm-hmm. and it is a super small high school. It probably has like 500 students. That is and, crazy. Yeah. And um, yeah, I played for four years there and scored like 135 goals. And really quick, really quick. It's so funny because so Shay is two years younger than I am. So like I always knew of Shay, but like I was never close with you just because I was two years older. Mm-hmm. And I remember like uh we'll fast forward really quick going to Oregon State I remember someone being like yeah this girl scored like 150 goals in like high school or something like had a crazy amount of goals. Yeah. And yeah, like, that's incredible. Yeah, and yeah. that was the first time of me like, like really putting it together. Like, oh Shay, like she's from Eugene. So yeah. that, I just remember that exact moment. So it's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting time in high school, just because it was so small. But it was obviously fun scoring that many goals. Just play target uh, forward there, like a center forward position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I'm just scoring bangers every day, you know? Yeah, <laughs> apparently. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I grew up in the same club as Tony. I was playing, um, yeah, Eugene Metro. Um, had a good time there. Like, I think my team won state two years in a row. So, like, had a decent time growing up through the club. It was fun and competitive, but it was still, like, yeah yeah so it was super small and like all the like coaches recruiting were like well who the hell is like Eugene Metro like I haven't even heard of them right so but that's a struggle I mean it brings up an interesting point and I think we've seen that and we can dive into that more about how you know clubs like every every girl comes from you know some come from ECNL and GA some come from come from clubs that you know coaches don't really know of and just you know I think it's important for girls to remember like you can make it to the higher levels even if you're not on ECNL and GA team although 
definitely the recruiting journey can be more challenging, but it doesn't mean it's not possible. So we definitely would love to hear more of your experience, but we'll, we'll loop back and ask you more about that. Yeah. So I guess coming from Eugene, like how did that, how was your recruiting process? Yeah. So I, I didn't really know where I wanted to go, but I had almost all of my family went to Oregon state and I was like, Oh, it's a PAC 12 school. Like that would be amazing. Um, and when I was, I went to like an ID camp and got noticed by Linus and then was in communication with him. And then and was, that was that your freshman year, sophomore year, junior year? I think it was my sophomore year. And then I actually had to, Linus set up, I had to go and be a discovery player for Colorado Rush. And so I flew out to Colorado for like maybe four weekends to just come and play in two games. And then from there, um, which is kind of funny because the coach I was playing for is Eric Boucher and he is the Rapids two coach here. So I see him all the time. (laughs) Full circle. Which for the listeners, will you give a little um, background on what you do now? Cause it's very cool. Oh yeah. So I am a sports performance coach for the Rapids um, technically like their academy. So the 14s through 17s, and then it goes under like Rapids two, and then the first team. Dang. And what only female, right? Yep. I'm the only female straight Talk coach. about the female edge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <Let's> go. <laughs> That's very impressive. So what is your job? Like, what does that job entail really quick? Yeah. So it's basically, it's like strength and conditioning, but there's more of an emphasis on movement and like we're in the gym and then we're out at the field, like doing activations before practice, before games, um, stuff like that. Very cool. And that stuff is very important. So that's a big, big role you have. So going back, um, so you basically, you Linus wanted you to play on a discovery team that competed in the ECNL. Yeah. Because like, we were from such a small club. He was like, I don't really know exposure wise if, and just like, I guess to see how I did at a different level that was considered more competitive, I guess. Makes sense. Yeah. And so how was that, you know, kind of transition from a soccer perspective, but also mentally, you know, going from your club that, you know, you were doing amazing and really you know, comfortable, but all then going to that level and just that transition. And I, I did the same. I mm-hmm. was a discovery player for an ECNL team. And I know, you know, the transition was easier than I thought in some ways, but then had its challenges. Um, you definitely had to, you know, step into your confidence and realize that, you know, I could compete at that level, but just would love to hear kind of your thoughts both from a soccer again perspective and then mentally on kind of that transition to that team and playing at that level yeah um it was definitely like I I remember I would literally I would go to school and then as soon as I would get out of school I would go to the airport and then get on a plane for the weekend to go to Colorado and play and it was a lot like especially I think I did it for maybe two three months straight and like it wasn't every weekend, but it was enough where it was like, 
like it is hard mentally um and then like you're leaving home and like all your friends I would say for like it was just like not the normal like high school experience and I think that's a big part of like how you get to where you like want to be and you have to make sacrifices to get there um but yeah um I don't the team honestly wasn't super hard for me to like transition into um it was it was just it was fun like getting to play with a bunch of random girls for a weekend and then like I did well I think I scored almost every weekend I went so there was a lot of really good exposure there too and like two just would like to add um to that and I do think this is a common misconception that they think people from really small clubs are like smaller towns like coaches always want to see them play in a bigger environment which I understand completely um yeah. kind of like what you said you're like yeah wasn't a hard transition I score in every game yeah. <laughs> you know and it just shows that like really I mean the only difference sometimes is just that level of exposure there's you know there's mm-hmm team yeah um, absolutely and just like both of us coming from Eugene and like now being a coach myself they have some really good coaches in Eugene probably the best I to this mm-hmm. day have ever had Jurgen is great oh my god it's amazing amazing like yeah. <laughs> amazing. And a lot of really good coaches you know in Eugene so like I kind of look back on my career as well as I'm sure you have too and like I wouldn't change I would <clears> not change playing for that club no I wouldn't either yeah and like it's funny too being a coach in Portland you know everyone is like um you know switching teams switching clubs every year like they don't like mm-hmm. one like one thing and they switch which is completely up to their discretion no judgment at all but it does you know it's just different it's different mm-hmm. now but yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't change and I'm sure you know no. as yeah. well, wouldn't change anything but it does go to show like hey really good players come from smaller towns and smaller clubs like Alexia as well like coming from Montana coming from a smaller club like you played professional Shay like you as well you know like yeah (laughs) that was Mm -hmm. just a a cool moment so for sure and I feel like too your experience it just shows too and gives kind of confidence to girls you know we work with girls that are kind of looking to play on ECNL teams than some that aren't that it's like you know those that are being confident that they'll step in and, you know, play at that level. And I think it's important to remember that, you know, they're soccer players, just like the girls they're going to play with, you know, like human beings, like nothing's different really. And just not letting, okay, because they're playing in that league, like have any kind of psychological effect on their ability to step in and play confidently. So that's really encouraging to kind of hear your story in that too. But then on the same point, like you said, Tony, you didn't do that and you ended up at Oregon state and you wouldn't change a thing. So I think it just shows like every journey, like you can, you'll reach your end goal if you're dedicated and you work hard, I think. And again, there's other ways for exposure, like getting your film out there and, you know, having the right resources to get exposed through just, you know, your local club team in a small town too. So I think that's all important, important stuff. Absolutely. And so Shay, going back to like the recruiting. So um, you said that you, you know, had to go to Colorado quite often and getting that exposure. Did you find a lot of other colleges 
were interested in you and as well or how was that experience going forward yeah um I definitely had like a lot of different exposure to other teams but that was like my focus was Linus wanted me to go there and then as soon as I had played a few weekends he was like okay yeah we'll we'll sign you mm-hmm. and I was like okay cool yeah. <laughs> like that and that's it. yeah that's literally that's how I committed I was like yeah. okay awesome and you know obviously I played with you and I know that you're you know an amazing player um and so at your time at Oregon State if you want to go into your experience there um yeah go ahead yeah Oregon State was it was it was difficult honestly, like, especially the first two years I was there. Um, yeah. With all the coaches leaving and even like, I remember like coming in my freshman year, it was just, it was honestly just kind of a, it's kind of a shit show. Like, like the coaches were pretty like switched off and it, it felt like we were just literally like out there with no guidance, I would say like, and whether like we we did not win a lot of games my freshman year but it was like we would lose and nothing would come of it yeah yeah and like it was frustrating because it was like we as the players wanted it more than like the coaches wanted it and that's a really hard environment to come into and like Mm -hmm. want to play like want to play hard for like your team like I don't know it was just it was a it was a struggle. And then, yeah, the coaches all got fired and then the new coaches came in and, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I debated it for a long time. Like I didn't want to leave Oregon state. And then I guess. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Shay, like, cause you know, you and I were both there together. Mm -hmm. Um, when that coaching change happened um and you know nothing nothing but respect you know for Linus I just think you know after you know after time it you know it was the coach's time to go and they always say like it's not a matter of if it's when especially yeah. at that level coaches don't stay at that level for so long just because it's so competitive mm-hmm. um especially for those of you who don't know recruiting Oregon State can be, you know, difficult because notoriously we've been at the bottom of the Pac-12. Um, and so sometimes we don't get, you know, the recruits that like we need or like wanted. Um, but another, nevertheless, um, when we did have that coaching change, it switched, you know, environments. It was a totally different environment. Um, um, and so if you want to kind of talk about that environment as well, I mean, we were both in it together. We can go into that for sure. So. Yeah. Um, it was, that was such a crazy time, honestly. Like it was just, it honestly just felt like chaos. Like nobody really knew what was going to happen. Like there was like, obviously when coaches come in, like they don't really want the old players. Like they want, to bring in a whole new squad yeah they're you know whatever it is that they Mm -hmm. want um so there was a coaching change at Oregon State um and so you know with that being said and how we're talking about the environment totally flipped so there was um there were some issues there going to be totally you know transparent um I think 
this coach wanted to come in and just completely do, you know, what he wanted to do, um, which is, you know, okay, but that led to some difficulties um, within the team. And I don't even think it was change because I think a lot of us wanted change. All yeah. of us wanted like an intense environment. Um, but I think what was going on, what were some things that would be considered unethical um, in a college soccer, you know, environment. Um, and that included things like players not allowed to be injured. Um, literally, that was a rule. We cannot be injured, yeah. um, <laughs> as I'm sure you know. Um, you know, there are other things. Um, coaches trying to get us to kick players off the team. Um, you know, very toxic uh, environment. And I think there are some rule bending and things happening behind, you know, closed yeah. doors conversations. Okay. We're being, um, we're being, you know, happen. So, um, and we can cut any of this out because, of course, like I want to make sure that like this is free flowing. But, um, you know, one time during practice, um, our head coach and our goalkeeper coach almost on a physical um, altercation. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, with that being said, I think for all of us, it came from like being at one end like almost too lackadaisical in mm -hmm. this like really crazy environment that just seemed like it did not belong in women's soccer yeah no like like you said like we as players wanted the change we wanted to play for somebody that like wanted to be there and like change the program but then it was like a complete like flip of well, I guess it's, it's more competitive, but at, like what cost and like mentally, physically, like it's, I mean, we're there to play, we're there to play soccer, but it's also like, we are still humans. And like, I don't think we were really treated like we were humans. Like we were not, we not treated um, like we were humans at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, so, oh, I was just going to say like, I just going back, like kind of just speaking more, it's like, okay, you come in, you recruit as a freshman and initially that like experience that you almost weren't expecting, like mm -hmm. how you were able to kind of mentally get through that your freshman year and then kind of going into the, you know, a coaching change. And then, you know, this drastic shift, that's almost like too drastic on the other end of the spectrum. And just kind of talking through like mentally how you were able to kind of combat and stay motivated and just like from a mental perspective, how that was for you as well. Both of you can chime in. Yeah. Um, for me, I think like it was definitely just like a realization that this, this was the PAC 12. This is what I wanted. It's the, it's probably one of the hardest conferences in women's soccer. And like, I wanted to compete at that level. And um, so it was, it was like the change was needed, but then again, like there wasn't a whole lot of support when it, when it did get flipped. Like, I think it was even, it was hard as teammates because we were like in such a toxic environment and it literally kind of felt like nobody was safe mm -hmm. kind of thing. Like, would you agree, Tony? Oh, I would completely agree. I would completely agree. Um, it did. I think too, like no one really knew what to do and everyone was like, holy cow, like we wanted intense, like we wanted to like battle, we wanted it to be like 
competitive, but like you said, like at what cost, you know, mm-hmm. and it comes to like unethical boundary that was being pushed, you know? And I, I remember I had a conversation with you and I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember this, but I remember it clear as day and you're like, do I transfer? Mm-hmm. Like, do I leave? And I remember being like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. get out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I would leave. Like, yeah. That's what, like, when I was like thinking about it too, it was like, oh gosh, it was just like, I, so many people were like, oh, we should probably like get out of here. And then it kind of was like, I love soccer and I love competing for it. And, but at the end of the day, am I going to like still love it if I stay here? And that's, that was like the big piece of it for me. Like I was like, I could stay here and it would probably, it would be fine, but I wanted more out of it. I wanted, I wanted, I was starting to get to the point where I wasn't loving soccer anymore. And like, that is like the biggest piece is like, you, you have to, you have to love it. Yeah. And that was, that was why I transferred. I was like, yeah, I could stay, but also I could leave and probably have like an amazing experience somewhere else where I'm like wanted and I think like 15 or 10 of us all left that year like around like yeah like on the upper 13 yeah Yeah. it was crazy you know and and it goes to show too I mean he he did get forced to resign um after which I was surprised at but um, I really do want to go into like your time at uh, New Mexico State University. You know, you mm-hmm. had a very successful career there mm-hmm. um, and, you know, you scored lots of goals and stuff. So how did that go about? I know you, you entered the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. And can you talk about like that experience and what that, what that experience yeah. was in the transfer portal? Yeah. The transfer portal like was actually really cool. Um, for anybody that doesn't really know about the transfer portal, like you get your name put into it and then immediately like you have, I think literally it was an hour after I put my name in, you had coaches from all around the United States um, emailing you, like trying to get like your film, more information about you. And that experience was really cool because it was like, oh, like I, I'm not wanted here, but like these coaches haven't even seen me play in person and they all want me. Mm-hmm. So like that was that was a really cool experience. And I also I think I I got I put my name into it like probably in June, which is super late. That is um, very late. <laughs> yeah. And so like there was definitely the worry of am I gonna have like any money to go anywhere else? Like it's there gonna be scholarship um spots open, stuff like that. And um KK actually, her best friend, um, Emma Smith, went to New Mexico State and was like, oh, like I know the coaches. I grew up, um, they I grew up with them and like she's having a really good experience there. Like, I'll give you their number and like you can reach out. And I that's exactly what I did. And yeah, like Rob Bartz and Miguel, like they're some of the best coaches that I've I've ever had and it was just an awesome experience. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. I like yeah. two things too, just to highlight, like going back, you know, you were saying at Oregon State, you were, you know, losing your love for the game and like the importance of 
that be in the forefront of your decisions and also like your experience playing the sport, which honestly I think can be lost sometimes, not only in the recruiting journey, but just, you know, throughout your different experiences of the end of the day, it is a sport and that's why we all play. And I think that's just such a good piece of advice. And also where you were saying like going somewhere that you're really wanted and like being in the transfer portal and seeing all these coaches that really want you and you feeling valued. And I think those are just two such amazing points to like really emphasize and coming from what you've said of like, you know, girls going through this journey. And we really emphasize like go somewhere that you're wanted and valued and also loved. Like you, it is so important to continue to have your love of the game be the main kind of thing that you focus on and just, that's the constant where it's like, if you start swaying away from that, what's really the point, you know? So just wanted to highlight that. And that's really awesome. Um, and so exciting that you kind of made that change and it was so such an amazing, you know, different experience. Mm-hmm. For sure. And how is, how was like your experience as far as like the culture difference between like Oregon state coming from that to go, to going to New Mexico? Yeah. So I actually, like I committed and I hadn't gone, like there was no time. I didn't go and see the campus in person or like anything. And I, I remember I, so I drove my car down there from Oregon. Um, and I was sitting in our like athletic school parking lot and I was like freaking out, like it was such a different, like a culture shock to me, especially coming from like Pac-12. There's obviously like a lot of differences in like money compared to like a WAC school. So it was like just the difference in like facilities and everything. I was like, oh crap, like this is, this is different. Mm -hmm. Um, But it like, I don't know, it goes to show like you don't need all the, the fancy things and whatnot to like have a good experience out of it like I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it like my decision like for the world like it was like not only being able to experience like basically a a different culture down there like compared to Oregon and whatnot but just like the environment in in itself it kind of pulls more out of you if that makes sense Yeah. yeah Like in what way do you think it pulled pulled more out of you? Well, it was just like, literally like, you don't need all these like fancy things. Like, like this is at the end of the day, this is soccer, like, and we all love it. And that's why we do it. And it was just. It probably was eye-opening too. Cause like, especially being from Oregon, you're like, I want to go to Pac-12 school. Mm-hmm. Like, I want, that's like you know a lot of girls aim to do that like especially I mean in in Oregon um mm-hmm. and so I think sounds like you made a realization like yeah like that school has more money yeah maybe that school's a little bit more known but it's like you made a transfer that was so beneficial to you and at the end of the day soccer is soccer and mm-hmm. like if you are going to play college soccer play like Alexa you were saying earlier play where you're happy play where you're wanted, play where you're valued. Yeah. Because to the college experience is so much more than soccer. Yes. Going and playing soccer in college is it's a massive part of it and it should be a really positive aspect of your experience. But, you know, realistically you're training 
two, maybe three hours of the day in terms of like, you know, if there's meetings beforehand, after, but really it's, you know, the remainder of the hours of the day, like you're going to school, you're, you know, living life in that place. So it's so important to keep that perspective. And one thing you kind of touched on, but I guess just, you know, now looking back in hindsight and kind of the two kind of drastic experiences you had, maybe what would be like kind of a piece of advice for girls in the recruiting process in terms of maybe like how they can seek out like, you know, ensuring they're sort of know about the culture of a team or just what you think the most important things are for girls to look for in a program um, in their recruiting process from your two experiences? Yeah, um, I definitely think like, especially if you're going through the recruiting process or transferring or whatever, is like it is important that you you go and see the school and see how you fit into it. And yeah, it, it wasn't something like I didn't, it wasn't like I didn't fit in to New Mexico when I first got there. It was just like drastically different. And that was hard. But as soon as you like, I got into the team and I was like talking to the coaches, talking to the girls, like that was like, it, it was perfectly fine. And I would, yeah, I would just say like, it, it is important that you go and see the environment that you are going to be living in first. Absolutely. And, and great advice. I think that, I think that's so important. And I love that you bring that up. Cause I, I think, you know, high schoolers and they're making a decision to commit a lot of them are like, well, I want to go to the biggest school I can. Yeah, exactly. Watch the school I can. Um, in reality, sometimes those bigger schools, I mean, we're going to say is not like a top, top program, but it does come from a good conference. And so people yeah. want to conference, people want to compete, but sometimes, you know, the culture isn't there just because it is a competitive, you know, environment. And there's other schools that aren't in the Pac-12 that are same. There doesn't have the best environment um, and all the, and you know, all that. But I think like for me, I, I value like that environment the most. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. like you had a really good environment in Mexico. Um, yeah. And too, I think there's something to say about, you know, not only keeping in mind going somewhere that like you, you know, yes, will be challenged. And I think that's important, but like have the opportunity to really see the field and play and contribute. And also, you know, I went to a smaller D1 school and, you know, I'm curious your experience at New Mexico State. And I know you guys, you know, like, you were saying your freshman year, you know, you didn't really win many games and that's difficult for the amount of time you put into the sport to, you know, be losing majority of the games where, you know, I went to a smaller program and we were very successful. We won three conference championships, got to go to the NCAA tournament where like, you know, those higher level schools that are at the bottom of their conference may not ever, you know, and so weighing those aspects too. And I think to your point, Tony, sometimes, it's easy to get caught up in, well, like, I want to be like as high a level or conference as possible, but it's important to take a step back and just understand, depending on the program, like what comes with that. And if you're okay with, you know, losing more games than you win potentially, then that's, that's totally great. But I think it's important to just consider all those factors. Well, even, and I'm sure you're the same, you're an attacking player, I'm an attacking player. I did not realize how little we would have the ball right oh my God. yeah that's something that I never 
even thought yeah. about because like when you're playing in like Cal, UCLA, all those schools, you're you have a like a defensive like mindset. Like mm-hmm. you, you don't really work on the attack so much. I mean, to be quite honest, like yeah. we didn't as much. And so even like people going in to programs, like really keep in mind like what watch games because if I were yeah. to watch the games more I'd be like well I'm an attacker how many how often am I going to touch the ball three that's days. such a good point there are times where sure or Shay I'm sure that you can like attest to this there are times where we're like we touched the ball maybe four times and a half because we're yeah. thing, you know yeah and I think oh go ahead go ahead no you go okay yeah I was just thinking about too like I remember especially like the first two years at Oregon state, I don't actually ever remember working on like attacking like set pieces or, or just like going to goal. Like it was all like a defensive mindset. Cause we knew that we weren't going to probably have the ball very much. And like that, like that goes to show like we're, we were attacking players, but we weren't even, practicing attacking we were practicing defending because we knew that we like we're not going to have the ball yeah and no I was just going to say I think it's such a good point too and honestly like I didn't do that really at all but and I'm lucky it worked out but like actually watching the teams that you're like considering or interested in like really assessing their style of play Mm -hmm. and will I fit into that or do I want to be you know, in a style of play like that. And even to the, you know, Tony, you mentioned this a lot to our clients, but like, you know, more direct play or a more possession oriented team and actually thinking through like, will this fit my, my abilities, but also like, is this just a style of play I want to be in? And I think that's so important to consider. And I mean, definitely like, I know that when we played bigger teams, like PAC 12 teams, our whole game plan was defensive. And I was like, I mean, I loved those games because it was exciting, but it was also like as an attacking player, you don't want to be defending the whole time. Like you want the ball at your feet. You want to be attacking. You want to be having those chances. And and it's actually funny that you mentioned that too, because I think Shay, you and I have talked about we're both players that like are technical and we Mm -hmm. do like to play. And so the game was longer. It was more like long balls, like running on um, which I do think there is value in that as well. But sometimes I'm like, dang, like my style of play isn't really fitting in. But I, I made it work for like four years, which is looking back kind of crazy. Um, yeah. Like yeah. you have to adjust to, I mean, to, you know, wherever you are. But yeah, like it's true. Like, I don't really feel like my style necessarily fit. But sometimes it, sometimes it was an advantage because I was like felt different. But other times it was not. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think like knowing your, your role and like where you see yourself going into a team too, is like an important aspect that you need to like yeah. consider. I mean, obviously it, it is different when you get into it, but like analyzing the team that you're going into and like the teams you play against, I think that that is important to like understand your role and where you could see yourself. That's yeah. such a good point. And I think too, what yeah. goes along with that is like being confident in your individual strengths and abilities as a player and knowing like, I am confident to bring that to the program I'm going to and being confident in your unique attributes and not feeling like you have to, 
you know, change the way you play because you don't want to have to do that. Like obviously in certain ways, but you don't want to have to change completely who you are as a player and your main strengths and being able to play the way that you are used to and want to. So that's, that's a really good point. Um, I think really important for girls to consider when looking at schools as well. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So I guess, you know, moving forward, Shay, you had a, like a stint in Ireland where you played there. Um, you want to go into that for our listeners and how did that process come about? What made you want to pursue that? Yeah. Um, so I had, I had a really good and like successful career at Oregon or sorry, New Mexico state. And it was, it was kind of like, Oh, I'm, I don't want to be done playing yet. Like, I don't really, like, I didn't really know what I wanted to do career wise. And I was like, I still have this like love for the game and I want to try and pursue it. And so I went through and tried to get an agent and I got an agent (laughs) and it was, it like, there was obviously some like red flags very early on when I was like talking to him, but I also just had this idea of like, oh, I'm just, I'm going to go over and play overseas and it's going to be like this, this dream and everything. And yeah, I, I got there, but it was nothing really that I thought, well, like I was like promised, I would say, um, like talking to my agent, I was going to have like my room paid for, like food paid for. And I was going to go and play and have like a stipend every month. And I got there and it was absolutely like nothing. Like I, I don't even like, I, yeah, it was just like nothing that he had promised actually happened. And so I was over in a foreign country trying to play with like all these obstacles. And I was just like, Absolutely. Wow, this is well. Two, you know, I know you aren't Irish. Like you have mm-hmm. your grandparents are like full, fully Irish, and I think yeah. what for you was like to try to get a passport. Yeah, which makes it you know easier to live over there because teams mm-hmm. don't have to pay for a visa. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was like, correct me if I'm wrong. Like you're kind of like your first line of thought. You're like, well, I'm Irish. Like, yeah. Um, and so when you were there, you had an agent who you said, you know, promised X, Y, Z. Um, and then, uh, when you got there, it was like, just sounded like completely different. I know what team were you with at first? Um, it was Shelbourne FC, which they're a super good squad and they ended up winning their, they're in the first division, which is, I mean, Ireland is such a small country that, like that's their first division but like if you look at it compared to I I guess like other teams it wasn't super competitive but um I don't like the whole thing for me like going over to Ireland was for one like I thought it would be a cool experience because I am like my family is all from Ireland so but with that like obviously it wasn't as easy to get a visa as I thought it was going to be or like an Irish passport or anything. And then the whole goal was to like get there to be on trial, to go somewhere else and just like 
everything was like, like I got there and nothing clicked. Nothing even seemed like with the agent seemed like there was even conversation about it, you know? So I guess like at the end of the day, if you're going to go overseas, like we've talked about this, like you have to have a source and go directly to the coach. Absolutely. And I hear from them, you know, okay, your agent tells you that then have, you know, request a meeting set up with the coach and hear directly from them and Mm -hmm. um, ensure those things are going to be guaranteed for you. That's a great point. And I, yeah. you know, say you're such a good player that like, I know when you were there, you're probably like top, one of the top players that were training with them, you know, and it's just, it's unfortunate that, you know, there wasn't a lot of money there so they couldn't, you know, afford a visa. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to say too, this is you know, a common problem um, that goes on in America is that girls, um, they want to play overseas. I mean, I was the same way out of college. I was like, yeah, let's go. I'll do anything. You know, yeah. that point. And so, um, I think what happens too, is that some girls, they sign, you know, with an agent and then they actually like, don't sign anything with the actual team. And yeah. I think that is, you know, uh, something that unfortunately happens. Um, and it's just because there's a lack of information on how this process even goes. Cause like, for me, I hired an agent, didn't end up using him for a lot mm-hmm. of Alexa, you had a good experience, you know, with your agents, there's just so many different avenues you can go, but the problem yeah. is that girls are signing with agents, but not with teams. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of, you know, miscommunication, disappointment. Yeah. Um, and you don't, you like, you don't know, you have like this idea in your head, like, oh, you're just going to go and play overseas and it's going to be like a magical experience and like everything that you wanted it to be. But like, you have to, I don't know, like there is a lot of there's a lot of good people, but there's a lot of people too that like want to take advantage of like, of course, like this is like that, that's like the dream. Like you are going to go over there and try as hard as you can to get over there to mm-hmm. like do this. But yeah, there's people that like can take advantage of just like the unknown. Like I had no idea how any of it worked, but I really wanted to go over and try and play and go somewhere else. And, but I, I don't know. I, it's, it's all like a perspective and you learn things along the way and you learn things about yourself because of it. So yeah, that's a great, great perspective and so important to consider and remember. And I guess just coming out of that experience, like you sort of touched on about what would be sort of main pieces of, I guess, advice when kind of embarking on like college to professional from like, you know, seeking out an agent to just like going and playing abroad yeah I mean I think like the biggest things are like having a written signed contract of every like literally it has to be so clear like this is the expectation this is what you're getting and there's like no ifs and like buts about it I feel like that comes with like advocating for yourself you know advocating for yourself and not being afraid to ask like a lot of questions. And I feel like, you know, I, my brother was kind of a guiding help to me in terms of when I like was signing with my agent, like I literally had a list of questions like, okay, you know, how does this work? What does this work? Like, this is exactly what I want. But again, Mm -hmm. without really understanding, like you should really self-advocate of yes, you're signing with them, but understanding like they're working for you and you should be very clear on 
these are the things I want. And this is what I want from you for me as well. And that's not, you know, self-serving or, you know, asking too much, but really like that self-advocacy is so important. So I think that's something to just remember too. at every stage of the recruiting journey from, you know, going to into college to if you embark professionally, but that's a really good point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, sorry, I'm just gonna look at the time here. Alex, we have to cut this out, obviously, but what time? Yeah. What, I mean, uh, we can probably wrap it up and end with our um, usual question. <laughs> you, can go, you can ask it. Okay. Yeah. So, well, this has been so, so insightful and thank you so much for coming on. And I think, you know, your experiences and going from, you know, kind of one program to another and then professionally and kind of growing up in a small town, like really is such valuable experiences for the, you know, the girls we work with and listeners to hear about of just, again, another journey that you got to your end goal and you had an amazing experience and successful career. Um, and so we ask all, um, people that come on the podcast at the end of the question of how do you find your edge? And so that can be in a general sense or you individually, how you feel like you find your edge, which is essentially, you know, what makes you unique, like your competitive advantage. And that can be in and out of soccer, just, you know, and from a general sense too, like you're in a career now um, that you're the only female doing what you're doing, which is amazing. So um, yeah. How would you answer that? Oh gosh. I think like I find my edge in like in helping people, honestly, I think, like, I think me as a player, I was always like a silent leader and like extremely competitive, but I wanted to like fight for like my teammates, my coaches, like for myself. And I think with that, it's like, I think everybody that's played with me knows that like, I would like put the team on my back before I would, I don't know, um, yourself yeah thank you yeah I think that just that's really how I like find my edge and honestly like at the end of the day um like we we are more than just like soccer players and like it's something that we love and um gosh what is it there was there was a a podcast I listened to um, a few days ago and it was it was it was Mia Ham talking about like this is like oh my god what is it called is it um is it uh I think I know a book you're or not book what podcast you're talking about oh my gosh I forgot it okay. okay we can just cut that out <laughs> yeah no that's okay <laughs> but yeah Honestly- I don't know that answer that yeah absolutely that's a great answer that's um and I think that's so important again where it's like I mean it is a team sport but also I think just anything in life like when you are selfless or like you're thinking of other people and especially in a team sport you know having that team outlook and really realizing that like it is about that camaraderie and the relationships you make and you know also like pouring into you know your teammates and your team like that comes back to benefit you as well as an individual player. So that's really great. Yeah. 
Well, thank you, Shay, so much for coming on and you know, thank you for being vulnerable and talking about your experience. You know, I played with you obviously and you're an amazing player, friend, um, and teammate. So thank you so much, you know, for being on our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't know how to end it, Lex. Here you yeah, go. that's good. Okay. Of course. Um, Thanks, guys. Thanks. Great really job. Fun. Honestly, oh, I, know like, I know it's like uncomfortable like to talk kind of because you're just like what am I like saying yeah like, was that fine <laughs> no you did great oh my gosh okay. no like that's the point of a podcast like literally it's just so free-flowing and it's okay. so great no that was awesome and um we'll like again we edit out like sort of you know parts where it's like we're all like pauses or just anything like that and then basically how it works is like we usually make a little reel to kind of like say you know the episode's out and then we post it on youtube and we'll um tag you if you want to share it or no pressure to if not like whatever you want so yeah cool you did so good yeah (laughs) i know it's kind of nerve-wracking though because like you know i don't know like like me I I literally am such a bad talker that like I like all the time like I'm like you're not you're not a bad talker I'm getting better Lex but like remember our first one I was like like I just yeah well it is it's sort of weird and I feel like when you just like take away the like thought of like almost I'm on a pot like it's like okay I'm just talking to these people that's what I've tried to get to I'm like not being like hyper focused on like oh like this is a podcast like the reality like I mean I am actually proud to say that I was looking at one of ours and our, one of our podcasts got like 120 views I was like okay go on but still to say realistically like we're not we're not on Spotify like it's not like thousands <laughs> of people are listening to this so yeah. it's really like just keeping that in perspective too <laughs> I know I, I feel like I have all these like thoughts and stuff and then I like talk about it and then I just totally lose it and I'm like oh my god what am I talking about that's the beauty of editing too we just (laughs) edit it out and yeah Yeah. but seriously great job and thank you so much for being on and um again we'll be sure to tag you um and um yeah thank you so much it's nice to meet you too thank you you guys yeah absolutely Thanks, Shay. And, you know, Shay, I'll like text you and call you because, like, I've talked about something anyway. But, yeah. Um, Lex, we, do you want me to make that real? We'll, like, figure it out, I guess. 